0: They're loading into the barriers, Moods, Mytho,
1: Rog, and the Rain Man, and they're underway for Moody on the Mic. Welcome back to another edition of Moody on the Mic. It is day one of the championships, a week later than uh, what we're supposed to have, but uh, we got there nonetheless, and joining us from the home of the championships up in Sydney, Peter Moody. G'day, Moods.
2: Morning, boys. Um, Great week. Uh, We've been up here in Sydney, Mytho and I, at the Australian Easter Yearling Sales, and uh, Obviously, between the last day of the Rose Hill Carnival and the first day of the championships this Saturday at Randwick, Uh, Sydney's been blessed with very good weather until this morning. There was about an inch of rain dropped on Randwick, but we've had a a terrific run of weather since mid last week. And uh, let's hope they don't get any more at Randwick and we get to see great
1: racing like we did at Rose Hill last Saturday. We're going to get to the sales very, very shortly. Before we do that, we will just say quickly, G'day Mytho.
0: Hello, Rog. Yeah, no, it's been a great week up there at the sales. Um, back home for a little pit stop uh, at the farm before uh, all roads lead to Adelaide for me on Saturday for the uh, Melbourne AFLW team versus Adelaide in the preliminary final. So I'll be um I'll be glued to the uh, glued to the iPhone uh, watching all the action from Bramwick on the phone and uh, Adelaide Oval for the for the girls' game. So uh, good luck to the
1: Ds. You can hear that call on ABC Grandstand Digital. Uh, <laughs>
0: uh,
1: Tom Hackett uh, out of lockdown in Brisbane and still strapped and still trapped in that bedroom. So you know, yeah,
3: only one more day in the bedroom for me. Rog, I'm heading down to Sydney for the championships on uh, Saturday and the Ludbrokes Golden Easter Egg at Wentworth Park. So going to be a huge weekend of racing. Very much looking forward to it.
1: You're trying to get out of the bedroom. I'm trying to get in it. Uh, <laughs> let, let's get to the sales, though. I mean, a big week. There's prices we've seen at the uh, at the yearling sales in Sydney are extraordinary. And moods, Mytho, just really creeping up those common man rankings by both shelling out over a million bucks for a, uh, for a horse each.
2: I think Mytho readily agree. We've both got quite prominent partners in
1: uh, the dealings that
2: uh, he and I do. We, uh, we mix in the right circles and uh, we try and. Uh, do the best we can for a couple of little battlers. But listen, it it was great. It just highlights how buoyant Australian racing is. It's in a great space. Uh, The breeding market's unbelievably strong, but it's strong off the back of the racing. Racing's been good. We've been not only, not the only one, but we've been one of the industries and sports slash sports that has absolutely thrived through this unusual COVID period. But even that aside, racing in Australia is going great in general. We've got 50 races of a million dollars plus in prize money. Uh, now, this is generated by the punting public and sponsorship uh, that creates our great racing. And, and like I've said numerous times, the uniqueness of Australian racing is any mum, dad, plumber in Darwin, school teacher in Hobart and everyone in between can own a share in the next winks, the next Black Caviar, the next Takeover Target. That doesn't happen anywhere else in the world, so it's great times and it's very buoyant out
1: there. Now, Moods, I just want to just for the people who don't understand how it all works with buying horse and that it's not like you, you know, put your hand in your back pocket and ripped out one point one mil to buy a colt. Like you, you will uh, you bought that for investors or you on sell it to syndication or it's it's not coming out of your pocket essentially, is it?
2: Oh, listen, I, I stay shareholding in a lot of the horses that I do purchase and that gives people confidence that, that the product I am sourcing for my stable is, uh, you know, I'm prepared to back it myself. But on the whole, I am a trainer. I attempt to be a trainer, not an owner, even though I do own a fair bit of my own product. Uh, two, twofold, I do attempt to syndicate it amongst stable clients and, and obviously look to get a return on their investment so they will continue to invest in my business. And secondly, by going out and sourcing those products, I get horses into my yard that I really want to train. It's great for other people to give me horses uh, along the way and offer me horses to train. But the horses that I actually go out and choose, uh, you know, they're genuinely horses that I want to get up and look at every morning. in the hope that they'll develop into uh, something pretty special. The horse that Pete. Bought, I, I could see the glint in his eye. I hadn't seen it for a while, but
0: uh, he um, he was quite enamoured with the the Zoo Firework Colt. We'd spend all our money for our our Colt syndication, um, and we we sat there and chewed the cud for for half an hour having a chat about the horse, and um, we came up with a cunning plan to to maybe take half of the horse if if Pete could sort of use other uh, other investors and clients, and and maybe even the breeder breeder John Camilleri who bred. Winks might uh, help us out and keep a bit of it. So it's, I mean, it's almost funny the way it just happens in 90 seconds and suddenly there's another horse being sold for 1.15 million and and everyone moves on to the next one. But um, there's so much discussion. It's, it's, it is... An investment—it's—it's it's like buying a house at that level. Um, there's, there's houses that are, are less than that. Uh, so you, mine, you,
1: my you, house yeah. is less than that. I, no, I was, well, no, yeah. We're looking where you live. Obviously, yours is a lot more than that.
0: But, uh... <laughs> but you do—it's—it's. It's an interesting question that you ask, Rod. Right? So people would just think that this is all very flippant and and uh, and happens on a whim. Well, it doesn't. It's a it's a planned process. We've been putting together our investors since about October of last year um, to to try and uh, buy some nice horses at these sales around the country, uh, in, including finishing up here at at um, at the Easter sales. And um, when an opportunity knocks, like like uh, Peter Moody knocking on your shoulder, shoulder saying, gee, I love this horse. Can we, can we put together a team here? Um, you've you've got, to, got to have a strong listen and have a go at it.
1: And just speaking of horses that you've spotted and bought and then turned out to be a re- really good investment, Mr. Quickie, Jags, another one at the weekend uh, for, yeah. for Wiley, Eel and Rosemont and Moods and uh, what, a, what a horse he's turned out to be.
0: Isn't it a beauty here yeah, from uh, the day Moods bought him at um, Magic Millions um, out of our draft? He was, he'd was just come on board working for us, Moods, at the time. And um, I still i still remember he'd, he kept on mentioning the horse, saying, oh, I like that Seamus Award horse. I, I really like that horse in your draft. And he wasn't really there to buy one. And um, suddenly the hammer fell at 115000 And uh, I had no idea who bought it. And, and the auctioneer called out, oh, good on you. Thanks very much, Peter Moody. And my heart sank because I thought, I reckon Moods is half a chance to have said, hey, you boys shouldn't be selling that. So I just bought it back for you and you still own it. But uh, thankfully that wasn't the case. He bought it for Wiley Dalziel and a few of his partners. But um, we did uh, well. He basically bullied us into keeping ten percent uh, myself and ten percent uh, my brother-in-law, and it was the it was the smartest play of all. So um, he's a he's a bully boy, but he's a smart bully boy. So uh, Mr. Quickie's been, I think he's in almost two million now mood, so you can be very uh, proud of yourself there. Uh, he'd be he'd be right
2: up on your honour roll in terms of horses that you've bought at a yearling sale. I would have thought. Well, you get enjoyment out of horses being involved, one with good people. And Wiley Dalziel's a great mate of our show and us, and uh, we've had success. And you love seeing him promote his business because he does a very good job, job unheralded. You've known the horse since the day he was born and a good group of blokes. And, and get them, they, they genuinely enjoy racing. Like these boys would be just as happy winning five at Camperdown. But they've got a lovely horse that's won two group one, some of them their first ever top line horse And continuing on now. As a you know, five-year-old um, still winning stakes races, and no reason why there's not more to come. Like that was a big effort the other day. I, I, we basically wiped him on the show last week. Let's be honest. Uh, we hoped, but gate seventeen, I think sixty and a half kilos, and Arm and Aaron, and young Benny Allen hadn't been on him since about his fifth or sixth start. I reckon we. Pro- I think we canned him as a three-kilo apprentice for slaughtering him one day. Yeah, maybe in a Vobus race, and it was great to see him back and, and trained by a bloody good trainer, and more importantly, a bloody good bloke, Philip Stokes. So it's just a good, good story right round. Yeah, and we're uh, we're
0: we're having a little look at the All Age Stakes now. Um, I'd be interested in Rayman's opinion. It's uh, it's it's going to be a race at the back end of the of the Ramwick Carnival that might just come up a, a little shallow.
3: They're hard to win Group One races, but um, he, he might be well placed there over fourteen hundred. Yeah, you never quite know with the all-age stakes. Sometimes it can go, it can go one way or the other. Sometimes they horses come out of the TJ, the Doncast. Remember one year they had Chautauqua, Terra Vista, uh, Wanjun ended up knocking them off. It was the the race of the autumn, and then other times it's sort of that forgotten Group One, just at the end where everyone sort of bypasses. They've had their grand finals at the championship, and then they're sort of looking at Brisbane. So you never know. But Mister Quickie he's he's sort of an old-fashioned gelding uh, for mine. Like he just loves racing. Uh, he's uh, Shown that he can handle a a variety of different distances. And uh, he's just an absolute ripper. So I think the Australian racing industry would would be better if we had a lot more uh, geldings like Mr. Quickie out there because he's just an absolute delight for, uh, obviously, for those involved with connections, but also for punters as well.
1: As Moods just smacks down another chicken crimpy. uh, I'd imagine that's what it is anyway. It usually is. Uh, Moods, one horse we, we might have watched Mr. Quickie on the show last week, but one horse we didn't even mention, uh, on the show, He's the Ultimate, uh, a first start you unveiled at the weekend and a very promising run, running second, beating about uh, 1.75 lengths, but five bucks the drum wasn't bad for those who who didn't spot it. Tell us a bit about He's the Ultimate.
2: Well, unfortunately, we got sort of caught up in feature races last week and we didn't get through to the prelim type races with the five group ones at Rose Hill and that. So we weren't hiding from our from our mates out there, but he's a nice fast net rock. Coley ran second to the Paul uh, Peter Snowden's very good, uh, I'm Invincible filly, whose name just escapes me in the reduced choice states there at uh, Flemington on Saturday. And they, I think he's a nice colt with a very good future and um, he'll head towards the Anzac uh, Day listed two-year-old handicap at... Uh, Flamington in a few weeks time so uh, nice nice horse and uh, we step out one again on Saturday at Caulfield in uh, similar conditions similar ownership and uh, we may lightning strike twice and we can go one better I am here to show you all how to Ladbroke it Ka-chingos! We've Ladbroke the Ladbrokes app and made it faster than ever before Never miss a minute of the action with the new and improved Ladbrokes app. Download it today. But
1: well, let's not stop there. Let's Ladbrokes
2: away! Gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-858-858.
1: Four big group ones at Randwick on Saturday for day one of the championships and it kicks off race six. The English size over 1,400 metres. Our own Peter Moody's got a runner here. Where is Lightsaber in the market, Rainman? Man?
3: Currently $9 Lightsaber on the uh, third line of betting A market that is dominated by the Golden Super runner-up, Animo, who is $2.05, four moves ahead on the second line of betting at $5.50. Then you've got Lightsaber, Tiger of Malay and Captivant there around the $9.50 mark. So the market's suggesting it's Animo's uh, race to lose, but Lightsaber's still respected there in the market.
1: Moods, when you look at the market and when you look at this race, you've had a few cracks at a Group 1 since you've returned to, to training. Glenn Fiddick probably wasn't the it wasn't the particular race that suited him when he had a crack at it and he missed the ones he probably best at it too. Is this your best chance to get a Group 1, do you think, since you've returned?
2: Yeah, it probably is. Uh, two-year-olds, you don't really know. They're there one day and not the next. But this horse just seems to have thrived on racing lightsaber. He comes to here and, you know, he couldn't be in any better form. He's had a four-run prep for a second and three wins. Uh, he's been convincing over the trip. Uh, I don't think any of these others have had exposure to the 1400. And uh, we've seen the Melbourne form stack up pretty well in, in uh, New South Wales uh, the last month or six weeks. And and his form probably intertwines with Enemo a bit too through his, through Enemo's stable mate ingratiating, uh, who's more than held his own. Um. You know, and, and uh, you know, I'm I'm pretty happy. I'm going there in good good shape, good form. Jordan Alley sits up on the speed, makes his own luck, and uh, he's
1: just going to be good enough. When you took him to you know sand down midweek at start two or whatever it was when he got his first win, I mean, did did you think he was a potential Group One horse back then?
2: Well, you never know. You you don't know where the ceiling is with these young horses. While they continue to improve, you continue to live the dream. And this horse just has continued to improve. Uh, each time he has been to the races and you know, I know his first win at Sandown he sat three deep on the speed and did it hard his next win he dictated in a small field uh, and then you think, oh well is that form good enough, we step up to a size produce uh, it was a great judge ride by Luke Nolan that day, he just went quick enough in front so nothing annoyed him but fast enough that he was uh, uh, but soft enough that he was able to quicken and finish it off nicely and a few back in the field didn't have any luck but that's the joys of this bloke. He can sit up there and make his own luck. And uh, strong at 1,400, that, that's the other joy. We've He's been there and done it three times now. So, uh, you know, happy days. I think he's going to give us one hell of a shot. Soft ground, probably a little query. Let's just hope uh, Ramwick continues to improve. Heavy nine Thursday morning. Forecast for possible showers between now and race time, but the temperature is going to be pretty solid. So if those showers don't arrive, you would like to think it might get back to a nice slow track.
1: With, uh, are you with? Uh, are you with your mate or are you, are you looking at nothing else <coughs> here? Well, I'm just trying to
2: be a punter's
0: pal here and um, just uh, join a few dots here. Um, I think Moods is pretty keen on this horse. If he's if, if lightsabers by Zoo Star. Now I know most of our listeners are into the punt, not the breeding, but. Lightsaber by Zooster. What was the horse that Moody put his hand up to one point one five million uh, yesterday on? It was by Zuster. I think he's got some sort of uh, feeling in the loins, a bit of a tingle downstairs about this horse, and uh, I think that um, I'm going to cop the tip that PG Moody thinks he can come back to Group One, uh, Group One standing uh, right where he belongs, where he deserves to be, long overdue go the lightsaber.
2: And, and just talking of that tingle in the anth- uh, loins, Anthony, I just had my annual medical uh, with my Sydney doctor, Professor Eugene Molodovsky, this morning. You, and you,
0: uh, Yeah, you do that, getting, that every year, don't you?
2: Yeah, yeah I, I do, do that, that every year, year after the sales. After the and uh, been a doctor since I was a young bloke here in Sydney and he continually tells me that my loins must be used uh, more often than not, because it's great for the prostate and all those sort of things. If you continue to work different parts of your body and and, and relieve certain parts of your body instead of letting them stagnate, so uh, uh, loin oh, movement good. will be loin movement will be on the menu uh, when opportunity presents when I uh, travel back to the great state of Victoria, hopefully with a size produce trophy in the boot of the car.
1: <laughs> well, you're one of the biggest wankers I know, Moods, so uh, that, should, that should go down quite well. well a, that,
2: they run a nice second, those sort of things, Rog, but we'll work on that,
1: the main prize first. <laughs> second group one on the program on Saturday is the Australian Derby. Uh, Rain Man, it, it does look a, a reasonably open affair with with Montefilia a uh, favourite, but at, at reasonable odds.
3: Yeah, she's currently $3.50. Rog, looking to become the first Philly to win the Australian Derby since Shamrocker, Danny O'Brien, in 2011. Skylab's on the second line of betting there at $4.80. Then you've got $8.50 about Rocket Spade, the New Zealand Derby winner, and $9 Lions Raw, the Randwick Guineas winner. Uh, I think it's a, it's a very open derby, as you said, Rog, but I quite like Rocket Spade here at the $8.50. I'm not sure this was a, a vintage edition of the New Zealand Derby, but I'm not sure this is a vintage edition of the Australian Derby either. And the thing that Rocket Spade's got on its side is that it's a proven performer at 2,400 metres. And you can't say that, about a lot of the other horses in this field. Uh, Montefilia we did see uh, in the in the spring, uh, didn't run the trip out in the Oaks, knocked up quite badly there. There's a bit of a question mark about Lions Raw at the 2,400 metres as well, while Rocket Spade has proven that he can run it. And if you look back at the recent history of this race, it's been dominated by New Zealand-trained and New Zealand-bred horses, going back to, to Dundee. In 2013, Criterion was owned and uh, was trained in Australia, but it was a New Zealand brand owned by Sir Owen Glenn. Then you've got Tavago, you've got Mongolian Khan. Last year, you had Quick you had John Snow, who uh, moves, trains the relative of it as well. So the Kiwis have dominated this race, and you're getting $8.50 for Rocket Spade. I'm happy to have a crack.
1: Just snuck a nice little mention for your, uh, your mate Criterion in there, Rayman. It's, uh, <laughs> speaking of things that get loins moving, Criterion for Rayman <laughs> certainly does that. Moods, uh, who do you like? Shane Criterion's
3: loins don't move a bit better, to be
1: honest. (laughs) That's exactly right. Um, Moods, who do you like in this one?
2: I've actually got to go with the Philly Montefilia, just hoping that the track's not too wet and it's not a grinding mile and a half, because there's probably still that little bit of a question mark there. Uh, um, So, you know, I've got her on top. Lines Roar, I think, can be forgiven a bit for the other day. Rocket Spade... um, I respect Brain Man's uh, suggestion there that the New Zealand key, uh, the New Zealand three-year-olds have come over and dominated in the Sydney autumn for a good few years now, Oaks and Derbies. But to see the horses that ran second and third to him beaten in bloody basically maiden hurdles the last few weeks uh, scares the shite out of me there. So, uh, you know, I'm not, uh, you know, I'm probably not as keen on him as I would have been uh, previous years of that type of horse. So Skylab was super the other day. I think uh, Skylab, Monophilia, Monophilia, Skylab. And a shout out to Explosive Jack. uh, Self-praise is worth five-eighths of fuck all, as we know. But he's a horse that I sourced for a good mate of mine, Mick Johnson, in New Zealand. He won the Tassie Derby. Not sure when the last time a Tassie Derby winner won the AJC Derby or if it's ever happened at all. But uh, good luck to those boys there.
3: Explosive Jack's been the early market move with Ladbrokes as well. $34 into $19. So popular at a price. Explosive
1: Jack, uh, uh, of course, second uh, at Bendigo behind laquera who I really like. A Caulfield on Saturday, so I, I think Explosive Jack not without a chance at that uh, $19 price. Uh, Mytho,
0: they'll have a good day anyway. Uh, it's a it's a great day uh, to have any sort of runner in. So uh, good luck to the team there. I'm I'm going a little bit or oh, what feels to be left field after listening to that discussion. Uh, I think Quake Quake can uh, run a big race, and I'm taking it with Yale Town in a in a Quinella. Um, Gail have Yale Town. Town uh, fit as anything as we saw last week, and I thought it was pretty impressive, uh, Rayman. To, to just my uh, uneducated eye, but um, for the the, the punter watching at the tab, I thought it was pretty impressive, and I wouldn't mind a ticket on it. And I think Quay Quay probably was caught up in that that delay, uh, the, the the delayed. Um, Rose Hill Guineas, and and um, I think might bounce out of that a fitter horse and um, has drawn well, I think. Drawn three? Is that right? Yeah, drawn three. So I I just feel that uh, Quay, Quay Quay might get the run of the race. Craig Williams on. Matt Kamani knows how to train a stayer. So um, I'll be having a majority bet there and a, and a saver on Town.
3: Yeah, 60, $16 currently with Ladbrokes, but I think it's over the odds as well. We'll be right there on the speed. And the past four winners of the Tullock Stakes have gone on to win the Australian Derby the next week. So it's the right form line uh, in recent history as well.
1: Let's move on now. Mood spoke about being a young bloke in Sydney and now he still gets up and sees his doctor. Well, he was a young bloke in Sydney. He was working for TJ Smith. And the TJ Smith Stakes is the next group one on the program. Bivouac's been very disappointing in this preparation. Eduardo's made Moods dead-set bank and made him a hero amongst the Moody on the Mic listeners. Where's the money going early for this one, Rain Man? Before we ask Moods if he's sticking with Eduardo.
3: Nate's has stripped the favourite here, Roger, at three seventy. But the other money has come for Bivolak, being $6 into $4.60. Eduardo right there on the third line of betting at $5. Then you've got Mask Crusader, $8.50, uh, along with Hortbury on her with Jamie Carr in the saddle uh, it's a big of the TJ Smithley. The title of uh, Australia's best sprinter is on the line once again here. And uh, uh, there's been no bigger Bivouac fan than me, but I'm, I'm jumping ship uh, ahead of Saturday uh, and I'm jumping to nature ship. I can't remember the last time I actually tipped nature ship. Because I've been a horse I've generally avoided uh, during his racing career today, often to my own expense, but... I know he was beaten by Eduardo in the challenge stakes, but I still think there was a lot of merit in that performance. He was very, very tough. He did a lot of work early. They ran incredibly quick time, and that form was franked in a big way by Eduardo in the Galaxy. And I do think that at 1,200 metres, Nature Strip is better suited than Eduardo. Eduardo has won over 1,200 metres just once. It was in the missile stakes where he sort of was taking on a lot of uh, sort of more milder horses resuming and sort of just had his own way there, which he's not going to get. Uh, in this field on Saturday. So I just think that Nature Strips had that trial between runs. It's been a similar, very similar pattern to what he followed last year when he came out and just destroyed his rivals in this race in the TJ Smith. So I'm hoping we see the same thing from James McDonald. He lets a fast horse run fast. And if Nature Strips at his best, they won't be able to catch him.
1: Well, it's an intriguing race with uh, Bivouac Nature Strip. Eduardo Zatori, of course, won the Newmarket in a blowout. Corpri on her has been a favourite of ours. Libertini comes out the William Reid. September run we all thought was a a, um an absolute superstar a month ago. And now the question marks are there. What are you thinking?
2: Well, you know, Eduardo has been very good to us, but I'm a little bit with Rain Man there. Strong at the end of a strong 1200. He's had hard racing his last couple. Nature strip, like, he's a freak on his day. If the A grade nature strip turns up, he's nearly impossible to beat. But, you know, you just can't bank on him these days. Bivouac has been disappointing, but he's peak rating, reading all the reports and listening to people at the sales and re- reports out of uh, the Godolphin camp are uh, Bivouac's on the way back. His peak rating and his last couple of preps has been his third run in. His third run in tomorrow. Glenn Boss has had the cherry and sass, uh, Hugh Bowman on board. I think uh, going back, Hugh might have won the Golden Rose and those sort of races on him, uh, I- I'd reckon. So he- he'd know the horse quite well. I just wonder nature strip and Eduardo maybe carving it out. Might be the day for one of these swoopers. Uh, Bivouac Mask Crusader was super the other night. Even don't forget September run. And we saw Libertini a bit of a you know a, a king beater here a while back. But I'm Bivouac looking for him to bounce back to form and then go to Royal Ascot and represent Australia on the international stage. And I think he's a good thing.
0: Good thing. <laughs> This is to yeah. give, uh, well, a bit of um, weight of support uh, to Peter Moody's comments there. Just let me let me read, if I can, uh, James Cummings' comments on Bivouac. And just tell me if you think he might have gone a fraction over the top here. But this is what he said a couple of days ago. Three of his memorable scintillating performances have come third up from a spell. And his Easter weekend track work suggests a jaw-dropping effort is on the cards. We simply couldn't have him any better. Circumstances haven't been ideal in his two runs this campaign, but the TJ Smith has been his bullseye. Physically, he seems perfect. His attitude and demeanour show he is in terrific frame of mind. Victory here in this autumn grand final would book this Australian equine jet a ticket to take on the world at Royal
1: Ascot.
3: Sounds
1: James- like Gary instead of James Cummings. Oh, did James Cummings <laughs> have the PR department write that one? That's extraordinary.
3: Mate, it sounds like a Stallion ad.
1: Wayne
0: Hawks.
3: That's
1: more Wayne Hawks.
3: <laughs> when the, yeah, that well, that, that, the horse that, didn't do any talking though, Rog, so it wasn't Wayne <laughs> Hawks.
0: <laughs> that got said to me by a mate saying, it, 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 is, what, has James Cummings morphed into Wayne Hawks or what, what's going on here? But uh, there you go. So he's very up on his toes, is our Jimmy Cummings. We need to perhaps get him on to explain those quotes. Has someone just just made those up or did he actually say it? Oh, it, that, sounds, it did
1: say it sounds like someone's made that up.
0: We we, we we need answers there, Rods. We need answers. That's that's an extraordinary quote, if that's just uh, he's just dropped that off the top of his head. So anyway, that's bivouac. I'm I'm in I'm in the bivouac camp, but you, you mentioned about um this being um the let's find out who the greatest sprinter is. Do we find out who the greatest jockey is? Because we've got the the the, the little byplay here is Jay Carr and J Mack because mm. I'm sure there'd be a little sting in the tail of of Jay Carr that, that that Chris Waller didn't say. Listen, you you got him to settle uh, at Flemington. Let's have a go at Ram. We can win the big, big one and and prove your supremacy. She's got a chance on Hortry on her on the second stringer for Chris Waller. Will she be trying hard to knock off the boys and give them a bit of that one? As we, uh, as, as we, we look forward to what is going to be one of the the races of the year, let alone the autumn. So um, I'm I'm just in the in the bivouac camp. I, I think he's a, an explosive sprinter, and if James Cummings can wax lyrical like that, I, I, he gets my vote. But uh, Oh, I'll be interested to see the tactics Hawkbury on her and, and Nature Strip. They, they probably won't see each other till very late in the race, I wouldn't have thought. But, uh, oh, the whips will be cracking if uh, if they're within half a length of each other.
1: I'm with Jay Carr in this one. I'm going Hawkbury on her.
0: Oh, like it.
1: Yep. Yeah, I, uh, I just, she's just got that uncanny ability to get the best out of a horse. And Horbury on her is a horse that we've seen uh, go well second up. And, uh, yeah, I, I reckon she's got a big one in her. So I'm with Jord Brion her. Let's go to the last group one on the program on Saturday. Race nine of a monster 10 race card. The Doncaster Mile. And we see the All-Star Mile winner, Mugger 2 here. Rayman, I think he might be the favourite.
3: He is the favourite here. Rog Mugger two four forty in a typically open edition of the Doncaster Mile. Rose Hill Guineas winner Maunga is on the second line of betting at seven fifty. George Ryder stakes winner I think it overs there at ten dollars. Doncaster Prelude winner Yard Dash is there at ten dollars as well. Then you've got Avilius at thirteen dollars. So you've got Group One winners in this field that are twenty dollars. It's a, a typical Doncaster that is full of depth, and you can make an argument for quite a few horses here. Uh, I've I like the profile of Munga. I like three-year-olds in the Doncaster Mall. I like the fact that it's dropping back from that the 2,000 metres of the Rose Hill Guineas to the Doncaster mole. Chris Waller's done that um, success in the past, most notably with Sacred Falls, dropped off Piero in our famous edition of the Doncaster Mole, and Annabelle Nesham's trying to replicate that. I'm also on Munga at a big price in future, so talking to my wallet a little bit there. There's another horse I think. He doesn't win out of turn, best of days, but $34.00. Uh, in a really open race. He's going really well, this preparation. He was beaten by a Pixel, by a Homesman in the Australian Cup, drops back here and hasn't been freshened up, And he does go really well fresh. So $34 is uh, an open race. I think Rock will improve off last week where he wasn't suited by the track, was still able to make up ground. He's $26. And then you've got Aegon, uh, who we were, myself included, will. Uh, running out of our way of ourselves to declare a, a future superstar, but then was uh, a bit disappointed in with guineas. We'll see if he can bounce back here as well. So it's a, a fascinating addition of the Doncaster Mole, as it always is, and I'm very much looking forward to it on Saturday.
1: When was the last time Best of no, it wasn't too long ago since Best of Days actually one of race. Yeah, one
3: first up this campaign.
1: Yeah. Uh, moods, it's, a, it's an open one, as, as open as the Sydney heads, as you like to say. Is there any particular mm. one that piques your interest?
2: Well, I'm going ooh-ah, Jay Carr. <laughs> on a horse that doesn't win. Don't worry about best of days. Cascadian takes all the cakes in the non-winner stakes, but he was super the other day in the rider. Do you want me to rhyme anymore? Uh, <laughs> and he was super in the rider the other day. I just wonder, Jake, Carr dropped six kilos weight range. I, I know a lot of these horses do. Even the horse that beat him, think it over. But it's drawn out on Allison Road. It's an 18 barrier. Group one, Glenn, will need to be hit in the cherry right with a rainbow to get a spot on it. Jamie Carr is going to do no work on Cascadian. Gate three, drops in weights. I just wonder whether she can bring this horse back to the right form. And he was very good in the rider. And I would imagine he'd be 33s. Where are we, Rain then? $16, Cascadian. Oh, turn it up. Hasn't won
3: for three years. Should be 33s at least. That's the Jamie Carr factor, Moods. I'd say if there's another jockey on he'd be double the price. Come on, lad, bro.
2: Something for the battling, punting public. Who mm-hmm. are uh, Jay Carr?
1: That'll be back-to-back uh, group ones for Jamie Carr because she will win the previous race, of course, in the TJ, as I've already declared. Uh, Mytho? Oh, look, I'm going a
0: bit wide here too because I think you have to. It's uh, one of those Doncaster's where you're going to you're going to want to bet on value, aren't you? You 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 you're probably going to skirt around the favourites, maybe have a saver on one that you like in there. But um, I've settled on Ice Bath, uh, particularly if that rain comes. Um, uh, Moody talking about his inches, um, plenty, uh, plenty, a couple of inches, a couple of inches of rain um, fallen in Sydney over the. Over the uh, overnight, over the last 24 hours, and, and more expected. I think it's thunderstorm tonight. So, ice bath for me, the wet tracker by Sacred Falls, who won a couple of these. Uh, wouldn't it be fitting if his daughter could, um, could get the job done, uh, unfortunately, met um, a cruel fate, Sacred Falls. Uh, and as is always the case, uh, once those stallions die, their progeny um, come from the clouds to win big races. So um, I'm seeing just a, a, a little bit of symmetry in Ice Bath getting the, pri- uh, getting the prize for j Ford Barrier 2. That'll do me.
1: Did you, did you tip Ice Bath a couple of weeks ago on something, Roman, and Mytho got stuck in you about it?
3: Yeah, but to be fair to Mytho, he did say that it's a genuine wet tracker, which we might get on Saturday. So I'll, I'll, I think that, that is fair from Mytho. Uh, it definitely does love the wet.
2: To show you all how to Ladbroke it. Giddy up and Ladbroke the winners this autumn carnival right in the mounting yard. Bring a little razzle dazzle and be part of the action. Download the Ladbrokes app for a better betting experience today. But well, let's not stop there. Let's
0: Ladbroke the
2: world! Gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-858-858.
1: Not a great day at Caulfield on Saturday, but a day of racing nonetheless. All eyes will be on Sydney. Moods will have one eye on Caulfield, no doubt. And you've got a first starter in here. Lucky Decision in race one. Before we get your thoughts on Lucky Decision,
3: uh, how does how is it placed in the market, Rayman? It's $4.60, Rog. Uh, Moods is great, mate. John Sadler's got the favourite here with Cheerful Legend. a horse he's had good success with already. It's $3.10, but it's a pretty open race. The market's come for four of them, and Lucky Decision's one of them.
1: Daniel Stackhouse is raced uh, riding in some pretty good form as well at the moment, Moods. But uh, what can you tell us about Lucky Decision?
2: Yeah, one of my old apprentices, Stacky. So great to have him back on in the team. And listen, he's a nice colt. Uh, he's not as good as the horse we spoke of earlier. He's the ultimate that raced last week. Uh, but interestingly enough, a little bit of uh, lightsaber form here with cheerful legends got form around lightsaber. Uh, Finished behind him a couple of times, a close-up fourth in the sires last start, had a freshen up. And Lucky Decision actually ran second to the stable mate in a trial uh, a, a couple of Wednesdays back there out packing him. So uh, he's a tradesman. He's not a superstar. I would suggest if cheerful legend is off his top, um, like Lucky Decision could win without surprising. But uh, I think that, lightsaber form say before, might just be too good and we could be running for second. But uh, fingers
1: crossed. Race seven, we'll go to now, and you've got Norway with uh, the Melbourne Cup winning jockey, John McNeil, on board. 54 kilos in the Chairman's Club handicap. Uh, Rayman, how's the market shaping up for race seven at Caulfield?
3: Yeah, another pretty open race. Norway is towards the bottom of the market here at $21, but it's uh, basically $6 to field. So a really open affair with Mohican Heights for Chris Waller, the narrow favourite. I
1: know know this time uh, when... This horse ran last start. You said you'd, you'd need to see it do something. I think it was down at Mornington. Got him for third. Uh, did that surprise you a bit with him?
2: No, he, he's actually run was pretty good that day. He was ridden by a three-kilo apprentice, Carlene Hefflin. She actually over-dictated the race and went too slow. And Mahikken Heights actually outsprinted him that day. So uh, he can improve up to the mile and a half. He needs to improve. Now, Talking of non winners, I, I couldn't, you know, Tommy Radonigas, who we lost during the week, one of the great rugby league players, and very sad there. He was playing halfback for Newtown when this horse last won, and I think that was in the 70s. So uh, it's been a while between drinks. Two reasons Joey McNeil's on is the weight factor, one, but two, he rides these one batting, non winning European horses extremely well just goes out and rolls and builds, rolls and builds. And we've seen him do it on those horses, Lloyd Williams. Not only the Cup winner, Twilight Payment. We saw him win the Australia Cup the other day on the other old horse of Anthony Friedman's. His name, escapes me. And he'll be instructed to do exactly that on this horse, Norway. See if he can build and just keep rolling. And uh, if he doesn't win, I would suggest he'll be uh, facing uh, 3,850 metres and 13 jumps at his next start uh, in another trainer's yard. Uh, that doesn't inspire us with a whole lot of
0: confidence. The one batting non-winning or non-winning European type. Hmm. I think we look on there, don't we?
1: I think we well, do.
2: But when we look through the field, I think uh, there is eight of those one batting non-winning European types <laughs> taking in on as well. Someone gets a payday.
1: Yes. Another dollar uh, you have starting for you in race nine with a uh, very good apprentice Will Price in the saddle. And is this its first start for you? It's resuming after ten months. I'd imagine its last prep might have been under a different trainer. No.
2: Yes, yes. Uh, she's a filly that came from the Chris Waller yard with no uh, no adventurous story there. She just likes sex. This mare, she had it several times last year and failed to get in foal. And I think rather than pay the float trip back to, S- to Sydney. Uh, they sent her across to me in Melbourne with Chris's blessing, maybe with a chance of having a throw at the stumps and a couple of little sort of winter stakes races uh, before she probably goes to the breeding barn again. And uh, she seems in good order. I don't know a lot about her, but she's had a nice progressive build-up. Nothing in her form suggests she wins first up or wins first up at a mile, but she's in bloody good order. So, uh, oh, interestingly, looking forward to seeing how she goes.
3: Well, she's
1: sitting in the market, right, man?
3: $14, Rod's been another dollar. As Mood said, not normally a first up goer, but uh, her best form more than good enough to uh, win a race like that. She uh, has had some uh, good races in in Queensland during the Winter Carnival for Chris Wallace. So certainly not a a no hope, but that's for sure.
1: Yep. Best bets time here on Moody on the mic to kick us off. The resident rain man, Tom Hackett, who last week said Rock was his best bet for a month and it's still running
3: yeah track bias definitely didn't help me there uh rog but yeah not a not a good day for me on the punt last week hopefully we can bounce back here i'm actually heading to morford for my best bet of day race number seven the port adelaide guineas i'm with a chicka who uh won the alexandra stakes last start at the valley has uh form around some of the best fillies in the country and uh, finds herself in what's not the strongest edition of the Port Adelaide Guineas I've ever seen has come up $2.70 when on exposed form, she has got an enormous class edge over this field. So the question mark is 1800 meters, which I think she'll get on class alone, even if she doesn't really relish that trip. And I think she'll go to the Australasian Oaks in Adelaide in a few weeks time as a genuine hope. So $2.70 for Chica Third Day. I think it should be a eighty chance. I think it wins.
1: Any breeders bonus for our good mates, Moods and Mytho who've bred Chicoferdo?
0: No vibus, No vobus um, Moods this time. So um, you can take the bonuses, which is zero. Okay.
1: I'm going to go to Corfield, And I'm not going to have a best bet. I'm going to have a double because they're both a bit shorter than I'd like, but I still think they should both win. Uh, I mentioned Laquero earlier, uh, who won last start at Bendigate. <laughs> It's about a about $1.95, but I think you can take race six, number one, Laquiro into race nine, number five, Platoon, the West Australian horse who's in some really good, honest form uh, over here. Could be the last run of his prep before heading back to Perth. We'll return in the spring, but uh, race six, number one, Laquiro, race nine, number five, Platoon. I think you'll get tick under $5 uh, with Ladbrokes for the double. Mytho.
0: Uh, I've got a Rosemont Certainty and then a couple of Rosemont Ruffies uh, at Randwick. Maybe we'll start with the Ruffies. Marcinet is running in the carbine club. Uh, not sure what odds there, Ray Man. Doesn't run in the Rosemont colours, but um, we own a good chunk of this uh Schnitzel Colt um, uh, and Gay Waterhouse trained. we're uh, we getting into yeah, loves a wet track and can bob up here, um, down in grade from the Rose Hill Guineas, uh, the sorry, the Ramwood Guineas. So, um, I would have thought that, um, he, he'll run a good race. And Gay was quite bullish this week, she always is. But, uh, uh 15 bucks, you may as well have a in each wave there? Sorry,
1: Mytho, Mytho, was was she James Cummings style bullish or Gay? Ooh, no, 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 she wasn't, she wasn't nearly in that league.
0: I mean, he's. He's, he's scaled some serious heights this week. Um, the last race, the PJ Bell, we've um, it's been a long. Discussed mission to get All Hallows Eve, the the uh, little three year old sister of All Saints Eve, uh, to the PJ Bell on Derby Day, and uh, John O'Shea's done a wonderful job to get her there. Very open race. She's also a wet tracker, uh, being by Sacred Falls, uh, likes the wet, and uh, if they're needing to get out off the track and and that wide barrier is going to suit the horses late in the day, uh, you're going to want to have a ticket on her at double double figure odds too. Rain Man, what's
3: she? Eighteen dollars the win, five dollars the place.
0: You're beauty. So there's a couple of Rosemont roughies uh, for our our Ladbrokes punters. But the Rosemont certainty comes up tonight at Packenham in race seven.
1: Jeez, I'm going to have to put this podcast out quick.
0: You better get it cut up and out there (laughs) so the punters can have a go. This just wins. It's a JW with Jay Carr aboard. Who are Jamie Carr? Way to go, Paula. Way to go. So way to go, Paula, at Akenham race seven. Uh, Bet up. As much as you like and double up your money. We're getting about even money, aren't we, Raymond?
3: Dollar eighty at the moment. I agree, Mythos She's my best of the night at packing them tonight. But always remember, punters, to gamble responsibly. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, uh, it, when they're four forty into a dollar eighty, I reckon you can just have as much on.
1: Someone's gambled irresponsibly if they're four forty into a dollar eighty, and it might be the bloke sitting by the pool and he says, uh, buddy, <laughs> million dollar mansion." Moods, you're back for the weekend.
2: Yeah, well, listen, great weekend's racing coming up. Of the stable runners, I think Light Sabre is clearly the best in the size produce in Sydney. He heads there in great order and a probably double each way odds. You'd certainly put him in your multiples. Uh, And uh, he's travelled up to Sydney. He's in great order and really pleased with him. Um, Stable mate, lucky decision in the first at Caulfield. A little bit of an unknown, but would expect him to maybe be a multiple player also. My best for the weekend. I'm with Bivouac in... uh, in the feature sprint in Sydney to bounce back to form. Um, collectively, probably only a couple that aren't there that could make the best group of sprinters in Australia, That maybe Gitra and a couple of others that didn't uh, turn up for Saturday. So we're going to see a hell of a race there. Eduardo and uh, team are going to set a cracking speed. Bivouac. Bivouac for me. Bivouac. And ooh, ah, J Carr, Cascadian, each way in the Doncaster. And Eduardo and what's that other old horse? Used to be the Nature top strip. Nature Strip. Nature is that him? That's right. Mm. How quickly we forget. Listen, um, hell of a horse. Nature Strip and Eduardo. What are the boys going to do on them? Jay McDonald. Nashra Will is not there tonight. He's one of the great front-running jockeys. So a little bit of pressure on the replacement rider there on Eduardo. What's his name?
1: Brenton Abdullah. Brenton Abdullah oh, is a great, Brenton. a great front running rider as well.
2: No, he's a great rider, Brenton Abdullah, but he's not an Astral Wheeler. But Brenton, you've got one instruction. What do we do with fast horses? Eduardo, Nature Strip. You, you, way you, to go, Paula. You, way to go, Paula. All of them. We let them run fast and then we let Bivouac run past you. <laughs> Have a great weekend, putters. That broke it.